and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing with a side of vinyl. I, of course, am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host. I didn't have a nickname ready. Keefe Chakas. COVID negative Keefe, finally. COVID negative Keefe. There we go. Two Yay. And Two and a half weeks of the Rona. I'm still not feeling a hundo, but like I'm much better than I was. Uh, I wish the shit on my worst enemy. Please take the correct mask when you go out. Please wash your hands. Please social distance. The shit is not over. I was lucky when I had it. Mine was asymptomatic. I was just very tired and bored. Um, I wish I was only tired and bored. uh, This is a special mid-series chaser episode. Hopefully you are new or old. Hopefully you're watching. I'll go with that. This is... um, we're going to do, redo and expound upon a couple of the vinyl episodes we have done. A big part of why we're doing that is because this is now on YouTube. If you are here for the vinyl care and collecting tips, thank you very much. If you are new, this is how we do things. Hello, greetings, hellos, beer check, vinyl check, news of the day, then the meat of the matter. The meat of the matter is usually 20 to 30 minutes. So if you want to get straight to it and don't want to hear it, go to about 20 minutes and see what we're doing. I may start time coding these things after you post them, so I'm getting very excited about that possibility. In the meantime, I am going to beer check, but Keefe is not because he is being smarter than I was when I had COVID. When I had COVID, all I did was drink soda and beer for four days. That's because you were asymptomatic and you felt like nothing was different. That, That was a wonderful pour. Oh, I like that. That's fucking choice. What you got there? This is a Hopnosis IPA from Union Jack, the home where they are English, the home of the IPA. If Max Kevlar was drinking this beer, it would be Mass Hopnosis. How is it? You're making a face. Not great. Okay. Not great. It's uh, a little too citrusy for my taste. Not enough malt back. Like the malt back. Exactly. There it is. Speaking of citrusy, I'm not going to do a beer check, but I'm going to do a seltzer check. I'm going to do a Waterloo pineapple seltzer. One of my favorites. No glass this week. I'm just going to drink this shit from the can. Um, One of the side effects of this Rona, and still today, I ran out right before we started recording to literally go buy a bunch of Gatorade Zero. I never drink Gatorade. I need to stay away from sugar in general. Salt and sugar fucking trigger all my health issues. Too much of it, or, you know, <clears throat> to be brief. And uh, seltzer is my favorite beverage that isn't alcoholic or coffee. And they drink it all the time, all the, constantly. I don't really enjoy Soda Stream. I've tried it, tried it a few times. I it doesn't, can't quite get, doesn't taste right. It's not fizzy enough for me. Generally on paper, I like where it's at. I like the idea of SodaStream in home more than an actual device. But yeah, Waterloo, we have one. I don't use it. Waterloo is the house brand for uh, – I, I think they're sold at Costco. That's like the number one seller of Waterloo, but you get them everywhere now. And uh, they have a lot of cool varieties, but Costco has them cheap in a giant variety pack. So I try to buy them from them. But this is actually uh, – this is fucking delicious. I love pineapple anything. And this pineapple seltzer, it's the perfect fruitiness and the crisp of the carbonation that I really enjoy. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Can I tell you a little bit about my breakfast this morning? 
please do go ahead. Now, what you say is your favorite, you know, beverage that's not alcoholic or coffee is the, is a seltzer. My favorite beverage that's not alcoholic is uh, breakfast tea. Every Saturday and I Sunday, I bust out and I do loose leaf tea. I don't do any of this. I don't do bag tea anymore because now I can taste the tea bag. Also, the tea bags of leaves, the majority of them that you buy are not tea leaves. They're herbs synthesized to taste like tea leaves, which is fucking whack. I hate to shatter everybody. I did not know that. Most bag tea you buy, except for black tea, are Mm -hmm. herbs that's that mostly herbs and not tea leaves and so do you want to drink a bag of herbs or do you want actual tea so you know in a perfect uh, world i live in san francisco you would go to a tea store and buy the leaves by the pound things you and i will do when you come here when i was in san francisco i was amazed at how many tea shops there were in chinatown and i felt like such an idiot but while i'm drinking my breakfast teas because on sunday mornings usually i wake up first in my house so the kid and the wife are couple hours sleep uh neither they're both feeling a little under the weather so had a little extra time and i ended up watching a youtuber jane something or other who talked about these extreme weeks of budget conscious meal planning ten dollars at dollar store dollar tree for the week and one of the things she did was she used crap tons of rice and i thought you know i like rice i could make rice better so I made a two egg omelet with one slice of American cheese with umami rice, my own concoction here. It was one can of chicken stock, uh, spritz of soy sauce for a little extra umami, spritz of sriracha chili sauce, some onion powder, some garlic powder, stirred it up. And, uh, and then another, I did three cups of rice. So then I did another cup and a half of water and I put it on my omelet. Oh my God, this is like the greatest omelet ever. And then I put the rest of the rice in the fridge. So when we're done here, I'm running to the kitchen to make some chicken fried rice. Because that was another thing she made in during her thing was cheap fried rice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there, there's a good dinner. For those at home, that sounds wonderful. For those at home, I don't do a lot of rice, but for those at home, could you describe, because umami is now like Xerox and soda pop it is in the lexicon as a catchism but can you just like what actual umami is you're using it both ways can you describe why umami is now a flavor it's it's to just it's a flavored descriptor sweet savory sour umami umami is a meaty flavor that is the description of meaty flavor in Japanese and Chinese cooking, they have a lot of umami flavors that are not meat. So by using soy sauce, by using fermented soybean paste, you get that umami flavor. And I do sometimes put uh, miso paste in my in my rice when I cook it. And so what that did by doing the chicken stock and the soy sauce, it gave it a meaty flavor, which made the omelet just into the stratosphere. Do you make eggs with coconut aminos? No. Do you know what that is? I do not. I was going to say I don't know. Coconut aminos is the health-conscious version of soy sauce that Mm. doesn't have much sodium in it comparatively. I love soy uh... sauce. I used to cook with it extensively. Weekly, I can't anymore because even even a low-sodium soy sauce is too much for me, and I don't like soy products in general Mm. because they disagree with me. 
I uh, I don't drown anything in soy sauce personally anymore. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, the local Chinese restaurant by my my office, they were out of soy sauce packets. Which soy sauce packets at the Chinese takeout place is not soy sauce. It is black salt water. It's delicious, but it's black salt water. It's it's salt, it's syrup, and it's some kind of coal, I assume. I don't know. So I went to the grocery store next door for my leftovers and bought a bottle of Kikoman. And I hadn't bought Kikoman in a long time. I bought Kikoman regular, Kikoman Just, which I assume is a lower grade soy sauce in Japan. I actually watched a Japanology video on soy sauce brewing. And I'm like, holy hell, I had no idea that, that, that okay. But it, it makes sense because they use soy sauce in everything over there. And I opened it up and I smelled it and it was just the most heavenly smell that I hadn't smelled in so long because I've been buying Aldi brand soy sauce or, you know, Schnucks brand soy sauce. And I decided, you know what? I'm not buying the cheap soy sauce. I'm going to spend the $3, which is not that much, for soy sauce that it's going to last me six months anyway. So that's what I used. It's it's just got such a brewed, wonderful flavor. When next you go to Trader Joe's, and you have $3 to spare and you're feeling adventurous, buy a bottle of coconut aminos. It's in the condiments aisle mm-hmm. in Trader Joe's. And replace your soy sauce with coconut aminos for one meal. Okay. And if, if you, you don't like me, it, I will send you the $3.29 for the bottle. I will not ask for the three twenty nine because Keefe, <clears throat> like a weirdo, bought one of my records. So <laughs> No business buying any records because I'm a fucking idiot, but... Yeah, I have There's no also something on my right list now. of things to get, and uh, was the one thing you had that I wanted in the condition I wanted it in that I could afford. I appreciate that very much, completely. Uh, if you enjoy it, then it was necessary enough. However, mm-hmm. had you messaged me, I would have given you a deal. Oh. But yeah, I'm glad you sold the Led Zeppelin set at full price because I would have asked for a deal on that one. And if it had gotten to the point where you were ready to do it, I would have given you a deal. I probably would have bought it full price if I could have afforded it because, you know, um, it's fine. It's not essential. Uh, Celebration Day is not essential to my collection view. Maybe down the road I'll have it. That's kind of how I looked at it, too, was (laughs) one. And one of the things, if you look at the stuff that I am selling, I am selling a lot of multi-disc sets Mm -hmm. because there was a time in my life where I was spending four or five days at home all day. And now I'm not. So if I'm going to listen to live Led Zeppelin in my busy lifestyle right now, I'm going to listen to Song Remains the Same. Word. Yeah. So I am I sold that. I also sold off that Pantera album. I put that up, but it, only, it was only up for two days and somebody bought uh, that thing. The Pantera right now, you could have enjoyed for that thing. They enjoyed it. I think it's a piece of shit. <clears throat> yeah. What are you going to do? But anyway, um, do we have any news of the day to go through? We have today? quite a bit of news. Just randomly, uh, as we record this, so this will air long after I've made this decision or not, there is a punk rock flea market a few hours away from me by public transportation in California, and I'm highly contemplating going to it just to see what records are being sold. Could be a bust. I don't really have money to shop for records. Be about 20 25 bucks round trip just to take an afternoon and go to another part of California. It's near uh, Stanford, Palo Alto, right? Mm. So not close to, you know, it's not far, but I don't drive. So, like, if I drove, it'd be 40 minutes. Uh, public transportation, two hours, both ways. So, it's an investment yeah, but, of a, it's a day out. Yeah, but you, you, get to ride, 
You get to ride trains on that though, wouldn't you? Um, or is it all buses? I think it's the subway, the BART, <clears throat> to a bus and back. There might be, uh, could be an Amtrak option. I haven't looked. I love the BART. Just gonna say, love I, the BART. It, the BART is a wreck. It's not the best experience. But I'm spoiled having been a New Yorker, which has 24-hour trains that are amazing unless you get pushed in front of one, which is horrible. Um. <laughs> Wow, Captain Bringdown in the house. Yeah, frown frowns a lot. MC frowns a lot. That would be my fucking MC name. But uh, oh, my, my just for the record, if I ever became a rapper, I would be a nerdcore rapper, and I have chosen my nerdcore rapper <clears throat> name, which is MC Solve for X. All right, I'm surprised it's not something about noodles or MC Udon or MC Ramen. Like that would be so much smarter and right on brand for you. I think there probably is an MC Ramen already. There's probably. I mean. Uh, MC Top Ramen. I don't like Top Ramen. Uh, exactly why you should be MC Top Ramen because you hate Top Ramen. I would be MC Sapporo Ichiban Ramen. MC that's no MC Ra- Ramen Snob, like something like that. Um, no, I know it would be MC Show You Ramen. There you go. Uh, show like S H O Shogun Ramen. No, like S H O Y U, which oh. is. The Japanese word for soy sauce. Uh, There is a soy sauce ramen, which the broth is a soy sauce broth. That's awesome. It is delicious. We'll go have ramen together in Chinatown somewhere. No, I would. No, we'll get ramen in Japantown. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Which I have been to Japantown. Yeah, it's okay. Anyway, it's near the Fillmore. Um, uh, New the day that I saw today, Bruce Dickinson screamed some very terrible things. Uh, at a gentleman, and I use that term loosely, lighting flares in front of him while trying to sing. People, if you haven't learned by now, Bruce Dickinson wants you to stand there, sing along, scream when he says to scream, and not shoot lasers, not light flares, not distract him in any possible way. Every concert I have seen of, of Iron Maiden, Bruce Dickinson has yelled at the crowd for something. Sing. Let the man work. Laser pointers. He doesn't like. He doesn't. Oh, he like, hates those. He doesn't want to see fights. He, which I've there's been maybe one fight in all the times I've seen Maiden. Um, we're getting a lot of on stage shittiness, deserved or not. I mean, we had Dave Mustaine last week in Europe yell. Dave Mustaine was on one stage at a festival. Judas Priest is setting up on the opposite stage. One band plays and ends. The other band begins. So there's no gap, and the fans don't have to move. Perfect. That's my favorite setup of any festival. Rather than run from stage to stage to stage, it's exhausting. It's hot. Never been to one like that. I've been to many. No, Um, I mean the ones. Every one I go to is stage, 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 stage. I hate that. I do too. So the European ones and the European styled ones, the Danny Wimmer festivals here in America, try to do like a stage and a stage, so you don't have. Maybe there's a space in between. Maybe sometimes you have to walk to the other one, but it's not like a journey. It's not the fucking Lord of the Rings, Misty Mountains. You're like, you get right there. Um, so Dave Mustaine yells, the guitar tech of Judas Priest is tuning up the guitar. But like, maybe the last festival he went to, there wasn't a band playing on the stage next to him, literally uh, a couple hundred feet away. That's audible to the whole audience, the tuning up of the guitar and the riffing and the sound checking. So Dave stopped what he was doing, stopped the whole song. And said, I'm just going to stand here while this guy sound checks for, you know, the other band. Dickhead. And he, 
a rascal. Speaking, speaking Alfred of... Alfred uh, kicking the cell phone out of the guy's hand a few years ago. Whew, speaking of egotistical frontmen who know how important they are in the world of music, my, my personal favorite, who I wish he was not, sometimes, like today, Roger Waters. I'm glad this was my news piece, so you, thank you. Go ahead. What a dick. I um, mean, is he, though? Because, yes and no. Go ahead. Just, no, what a dick. Um, he's angry that no one from some Toronto newspaper, I'm sorry, I don't know the the TO newspapers. I don't live there. I don't read your newspapers. I don't even understand your politics because, I mean, your system is messed up and you have a queen. They you have queen have a of Canada. crackhead mayor. Several uh, yeah, times of a crackhead yeah. mayor, Rob Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and his son. Was, the, I, he was like anti-drugs, but he was a drug addict. Amazing. Yeah. His his son also, it was well, Rush Limbaugh too. His conservatives are, are very much like that in general do what i say don't do what i do yes you know back in the uh back in the prohibition days they'd vote dry but they but they're, they're wet senators Kennedy. wet senators that vote dry yeah and so where was i oh yeah so he is upset that toronto daily mail or toronto star or toronto free press or toronto newspaper is Incorporated, that something something New, toronto telegraph did not send any did not send anyone to to cover uh, his tour. Now I can understand why he would be upset. He is Roger fucking Waters. However, this current tour one was supposed to have been a call to arms in 2020, and Roger Waters hasn't put out an album in five years. And Roger Waters, I'm not going to say is a has been, but he is not exactly on the vanguard of the pop culture zeitgeist. He complained that the Toronto paper would cover Drake and the weekend. They saying, did cover Drake and the weekend's concerts the same time week as his concerts in Toronto and thereabouts, Ontario. And he said, I don't listen to pop music, so I don't know who those guys are. I'm sure the weekend is great, but I've never heard one song from him and I'm more important than them. Sorry to trump you, but like, that's the gist of it. I'm more important as an artist than these pop stars. Okay, one, that is true. You're drinking that whole beer. I'm really impressed because you're trying to get uh, to your next one. No, I'm not having a next one. Um, okay. I, I, I want to have no beer when we get to the next part of the... Got it, got it. The oh. foreshadowing. My hands, will be in, my hands will be in use. Got it. Uh, one, he is far more important than Drake in The weekend will ever be. Agreed. Two, you don't say it but you don't have to say it. It actually makes you a dick to say it out loud. It makes you sound exactly what you're not trying to sound like, a useless, antiquated fossil. Um, this is the same vibe Pink Floyd had in 77 on the Animals Tour when he was getting mad at the punks. Um, he, felt like I was, he felt like I was punk before punk was punk, and I had the same arcane... <laughs> um, excuse me, anarchist values of punks. And I was mad that they were wearing shirts, our shirts with the logo crossed out and the pig defiled because I felt like them. You sound like a dick when you say things like this, especially because those guys are Canadian and Drake exactly. is from Toronto. His fucking album cover has him sitting on the space needle like it's his. Drake was on Degrassi. I know he's eternal for just being on Degrassi. I don't care exactly. Either, and for the record, either of them actually. For the re I don't either. But but the problem is, Drake's character in Degrassi, Jimmy, 
was shot and paralyzed. So mm. whenever I see Drake rapping and walking, it's a miracle. It's like how you got yay with Jesus walks, but actually Drake walks is an actual thing. It's actually miraculous. No, uh, we didn't vinyl check. Wow, we skipped that. So. We skipped the vinyl check right over the vinyl check to news. But in in another form, this news was very interesting and cool. There's some Agreed. other things we could talk about, but we're gonna have another episode this week anyway, so we can skip all other news. Well, doing the moving to the vinyl check last actually works really well. So you said you got one. What you got for me? I'll let you. Well, I had the one. Roger thing. I'm trying to think of all the things we talked about Pantera in the last episode. Yep. Um, people are very upset. Three weeks in a row, people were upset about Metallica and Stranger Things. People were very upset about Amonomarth getting cattle decapitation, carcass, and obituary not in that order to open for them. Omanomarth is an insanely popular band that sells uh, stadiums in other countries, or not quite stadiums, but arenas in other countries. I have seen every one of those bands on that tour save cattle decapitation, and Amonomarth triples all their draws. Yeah, it's not about who's the better band. They're all around about the same time. Carcass is around 35 years, obituary is around 30-plus years. Cattle decapitation is about 25 years old. The Monomarth's about 25, 20, 30 years old, right? They're all about the same. You know, Carcass is maybe older. Obituary is a little older than the other two. The other two, but like, Carcass is the oldest. But I mean, Carcass as Carcass is only really from 1992. Yeah, the biggest place I've ever seen Carcass headline by themselves is like a thousand people. Uh, I saw them headline Pops with Obituary, and maybe a thousand. people. Is that Saugat, Illinois? Sarget. Sarget. Is it really? I did not yes. know that. I'm sorry. Uh, it is it is home of the Sage Ballet. Well, all right then. You can guess what that is. I don't want to know. <laughs> I've seen it. I don't recommend it. Uh, anywho, do they have a glory so, hole also? Anyway, uh, I did not go to the bathroom there. I was too scared. So every week, and now the Pantera reunion and the Zach Wild and Charlie Benante of oh, part we didn't of talk the about that. The week, yeah, let, let's, what I. Pointless to me, but, you know, whatever. We can get to it in a second, but, like, every week, this is, like, peak metal elitist gatekeeping season. Like, I can't believe three weeks in a row. What will be next week or this coming week as we record this? What will be the next outrage? Metallica is the Walmart of music. They are going to be in the most popular thing, infiltrating all the things. Uh, Amonomarth sells the most tickets. All concerts are based on sales and draw. A monomarth hey, is a huge draw. Just end it's story. like it's like in Man on the Moon, it, you know George Shapiro playing the owner of the comedy store, firing Andy Kaufman. It is show business, show business. Without right. the business, there is no show. It ain't the music friendship; it's the no. music business. And then again, oh, this I'm sorry. Uh, I want to finish. No, this will be last. Uh, the, my last thing. So I want to do this before we get to the final check. If, if you've got nothing else, I'll go. Well, just like, so, Zach Wilde, who was not my personal pick, but makes sense on a lot of levels, is going to be friend the guitar player. Best friend of Dime. Charlie Benante, best friend of Dime and Vinny. They are going to be the guitarist and drummer. I would have went with a more roulette-type approach. I would have went with Agreed. a You had a good idea, which is get a lot of opening bands and then get the opening bands, drummers and guitar players, to all come on like a free-for-all. That makes a lot more sense to me than one-in-one. More Charlie fun for me. Carpal tunnel syndrome and hand issues, injury issues that make me wonder how many shows he can play. 
actually over like if they did a year of touring if it was hugely popular and six, successful how would he hold up would they have to have a backup it's usually john Deddy is usually the charlie backup guy um and you know i love zach i love zach i love black label society i'm gonna go see them in a couple of weeks probably open for anthrax of all things but um my concern only about zach and zach fans will be mad at this but most other metal fans will be like yeah that tracks Zach's going to play it Zach's way. He's going to be, it's going to be the Zachness of everything. A million pinch harmonics, a 10 minute self-indulgent solo, which is fine. But I don't know that he's going to, I'm not saying he's not going to honor his friend, but he's not going to be his, faithful. He's not going to be faithful to the songs as much as anyone else would be because Zach is his own thing and he's not in awe of Daryl. He's on the level of Daryl just Correct. about. And uh, listen, Zach Wilde has written fucking no more tears and you a know good, a good friend of mine forever ago i told him yeah i bought the first black label society record and he says how was it and i said well that depends he's like on what how do you feel about zach wilde do you think zach wilde is an underrated genius that has only been held back by ozzy osbourne for the past 15 years and he said no then i said bad yeah I, I love zach i love black label society i actually think Black Label, we could do a Black Label Society run. It would be interesting, illuminating, to say the least, of the 90s. And uh, I think um, his acoustic stuff is equal. His best stuff has actually been Book of Shadows and Book of Shadows 2 uh, and the Unplugged stuff as equal or better songwriting to when he's trying to do a million pinch harmonics and riffs. But, like, I, I love I love I BLS. think he overplays, but that's just... Yeah, I have a BLS set list literally on my cat, my closet here next to my Metallica set list from The Secret Show. So, Metallica mentioned. So, anyway, that's my point. People are mad about it. I'm not mad about it. There's nothing we can do now. Those are the guys. So now it's done. The debate is over. It's Zach and Charlie. They have been announced as the as the touring members. It hasn't officially been, the name of the tour has not been announced, but the booking company called it a Pantera reunion. And that is the, seems to be the real, the real lightning rod to everybody on the internet. It's just, look, I get it. it you know, I, I think I may have told this story before, three or four years ago, we, my wife loves Foreigner. We had an opportunity to see Foreigner or to see Lou Graham in the same summer. And I said, which one do you want to go to? She said, Foreigner. It's That's what it is. Do you want to see the Pantera live or do you want to see Pantera? Right. And again, we talked about this last week, so I don't want to beat this into the ground too much, but I don't think these episodes are going to run quite concurrently anyway. So... No, they are. So here's the thing. Is it unfair to what is fair to Philip or not, but is it unfair to Philip and Rex that they can't be called Pantera because Daryl and, and Vincent are past? Is it unfair to them? Is it fair that they call them? Don't they own the right to the name of the band they help make famous? Sure they do. Like, I don't think that's a thing at all. Look, if we, that, can, ex you know. if we can accept The Who, The Who, Kiss, Black Sabbath. Uh, again, death to all. My my again once again the death to all everything is the to all, Pantera to all death to all. Once a linchpin person passes away, if the band chooses to go on without them, like Black Dahlia Murder cannot do Black Dahlia Murder without Trevor. However, Noir continued. 
Guar has more than continued. I mean, that um, was that was Brocky's wish, but his wish was actually to step down from the band and have somebody else be Odorous. Not yeah, I mean, I and then when o- because he died, it makes no sense to have Odorous because Brocky died. And actually, I don't think that anybody else could be Odorous except no, Brocky. And I love Bishop and I love Blothar, and my, I have a recent interview with him, which is wonderful. But like, yeah, I'm just saying. Um, it look they, if they own it, they can do it. If I think so. They, I think they, Black Dahlia Murder is going to probably reform as a different band with a new singer and not do uh, Black Dahlia Murder anymore. But that's well, another story. Yeah, well, that's, we'll that's, get there when we get there. But for the last thing I want to mention that I am actually – Heather um, – uh, God, and I forget her podcast name that I have been on. Heather Lawson? Happy yes. Hour with Heather? Happy Hour with Heather. Oh, my and God. Dave, and Andrew Davey? Mm-hmm. Two of my favorite people who I've been on their podcast several times. Yeah, they pointed out that Heather is her ten year anniversary is next year of, of that. being of being a music commentator of, of some That's sort. That's wild, yeah. And the Glacially Musical ten year anniversary is next month, and the Ghost Cult ten year anniversary is in October. So we're just all turning ten. Holy together. crap! Okay, moving on to the vinyl check. What you got? I'm doing the vinyl check first. Well then. I'm gonna fucking celebrate, motherfucker. Hold on a second. Just a little coffee thing here. Just want to make sure that I have my shite. I might not have. Where's my other things? All right. Well, because we just did the run and I bought these things, fucking Fireball Ministry, the second Great Awakening, this incredible. God, I want that one, one of the last ones. This incredible. Yeah, it's an expensive one, but it's the best record. This thing is unbelievable. It has never been on vinyl. This packaging is amazing. Uh, it came in a Mylar sleeve. It has this amazing... So here's the front cover, which is dope. It came with a lenticular rendition of the front cover, suitable for framing or a poster. Uh, this video will not do it justice, but it's lenticular. It's like 3D. Is it glaring you? Sorry. No, it's... Uh, that. I don't like that stuff. That gives me weirdness. <laughs> Oh, I love that stuff. Uh, it came on this beautiful creamsicle orange vinyl. Looks like looks like a orange I, uh, orange uh, thingamabob. Got that also, devil in the background. Yep, I also have the same white self-titled album you have, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to check it because um, I don't want to have us repeat everything. But I also got this guy. Remember the times? So this is the <laughs> album I had. We didn't do on our run mostly, but. Also comes in a beautiful packaging with this great inner sleeve. Nice. Lyrics nice, and nice, a nice, nice photo nice. of the band. This is the current lineup of the band, Should They Return Someday Right Now, which is yeah. the three OGs and Scott Reeder from Caius. Emily is presently touring with uh, Black Savage. Yes, and look at this incredible, you know, the purple is one of my favorite colors. Look at this. It's really also, again, can't really do justice oh, on this lighting. Oh, yeah. But this is a very deep, translucent purple that is incredible. And so not only did I get these three vinyls, Emily sent me a patch and a pick, which I she have sent me a pick. But, she sent me yeah, a pick, but I, I, I only mean, bought only bought one. Yeah, I mean this was a must after our series. It just happened Same. to be. It just happened to be that uh, I worked. I sold something else so I could buy these. I didn't buy, you know, just kind of recklessly buy a thing. I, um, I, I have the patch of the pick here somewhere, but I can't find it right now. So that's all good. It. But um, uh, and that's my, my vinyl check for today. My vinyl check. <clears throat> oh, start off with uh, tell them what it know, is. 
the police synchronicity. I don't know which is the front or which is the back. You, the Turner, that's the, nope. Uh, yeah, I guess I mean it's kind of both, but that I think that's um, actually the front. Uh, picked this one up a, long, a, while, a couple of weeks ago. Like I said, I'm, I'm not checking everything all at once. Kind of slowing it down to keep the, the keep everything moving. This one's already been cleaned, so we're just going to put it over here. That's a wonderful record. What's your was that a record you loved when it came out? Is that a record you? No, I I remember watching uh, every, the Every Breath You Take video with all the candles when I was very young. Um, that is one of the records that Quiet Riot Mental Health knocked out of the top top spot. That's correct. correct. So at one Billy point in time, please, Michael Jackson. It was yeah. So at one point in time, it was uh, Quiet Riot, Michael Jackson, and the Police, you know, one, two, and three. And now I have all three of those records on vinyl. So now you need to get Billy Joel the Bridge to complete the set. I don't have or that. Was one. it the nylon curtain? I have to check the year. I don't remember. Uh, the next one I got, I mentioned this when I pre-ordered it because I wanted everybody who had a chance to listen to this to buy this. However, it sold out immediately. So by the time it, you know, went, it was gone. But what I got, Union, which features one John Karabi, one Bruce Kulick, uh, Brent Fitz, who's presently in the Slash Band, mm-hmm. and James Hunting, who I don't know what he's doing now. Yeah, he's adjacent to all those guys. Uh, this one, I bought the cheaper version. It was $40, which I thought was a bit pricey. There's a 60 that's a different one, right? Yeah. No, it was 80 Oh, no way. Yeah, no. There was that's an cool. $80 version. That, like that came... a pewter? What is that color? It's silver with a little. I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but there's a little bit of smokish. Okay. It's really subtle. I've actually not noticed it until just now. Uh, it's so subtle. It's probably a manufacturing defect. Oh, but, okay. I don't know. It looks pretty damn badass. Um, and yeah, I it's assume, cool. I assume the synchronicity is an original press and it's black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said uh, so. The synchronicity was how much? Five bucks. Okay. So like the, I had a great day where I got a crap ton of five dollar stuff. Like so, the, this was forty. The thing about when when Deco Entertainment announced they were repressing the Union records, what I had said was, "I'm in for the self-titled, and possibly in for the Blue Room, depending upon price." Okay. However, um, as it was forty dollars plus ten for shipping, I wasn't in for both, and yeah. it's I. I feel like they priced it too high. However, everything sold out immediately. So what can I say? They they got the right number. And the the $80 versions came with autographed lyric sheets and swirly vinyl cool stuff. There's also a few, this is a two disc set. So it's got uh, one, it's got four bonus tracks. Oh, darling, walking in your sleep for you. I'm sorry, Oh Darling, Walking in Your Sleep and For You were all unreleased demos. And then Love, I Don't Need It Anymore, which is the best song on the record, if you ask me, acoustic, which I don't need. Because what made that song great was the kick-ass wah-wah riff by Bruce Kulick. And I saw them on the next tour. They did not have a tour that came to St. Louis. But uh, I actually have not washed that one yet. So... In a few minutes, I'm going to show everybody how we do the washing. But before we get to that, we are talking about... I just want to jump in and add. So in the last episode of our Fireball Ministry run, we talked about the pricing on Bandcamp and how wildly divergent it was. Completely. And I think actually the 
earlier records are sold out and the middle record between the self-titled and the second great awakening was also sold out by the time i got to it mm-hmm. so that second great awakening with the deluxe lenticular gatefold beautiful everything it was 35 the other one remember the times is 15 was i thought it was 20 when i saw it Maybe i haven't it heard that one 20, but it. like so it's i bought the, self-titled which was 15 great yeah, pressing also, great whole thing yeah everything great um but, so uh, just mentioning the wide divergence yeah. of how much these things cost I mean, yeah i sold off something so i could buy those two here yeah um, anyway continue but, uh, sir uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about some uh, some stuff we talked about in the podcasts only episode we did about a year ago and now but you know first off let's it hopefully you're watching this on YouTube because you're going to get a whole lot more out of this especially when I get to the part where I'm cleaning a record you're just gonna hear if you're not watching so first off we all know about turntables right and what's this slip mat this I have my the same fel- one, Metallica. This is my felt and justice mm-hmm. for all slip mat. Uh, I just pulled it off my table because I use it as a mouse pad. And let me, uh, could you pause the video for a moment, please? I should have set this up sure. a bit better. I don't want to stick my crotch into the camera. <laughs> please, no crotches, please. We did the crotch last week with. Now this is the slip mat I do use. You, there are wide varieties of slip mats. There are felt, there is rubber, there are cork. The felt and the rubber, do not ever use them. Replace them because they hold the most static. If you don't care about static and you like pops and clicks, well, then definitely use those. Why are this the felt is, ones so popular then? Because they're the cheapest and they come on turntables. What this is, this is a uh, acrylic slip mat. This is not the platter, it's a slip mat. This is a great thing to use if, like me, you can't afford the $5,000 turntables that come with the four-inch acrylic platters. I mean, think about that. This thing's deep. These things are taller than a deep dish pizza from Chicago. What Can thing? you – Did where did you buy that? I bought that on Amazon. It was, um, I think, 20 bucks. If you Just can look- link me to it, I will add it to our link tree of products you can buy after you watch this or listen yes. to this ver- there, edition of the pod. There's a great link tree that I'm that I actually posted on Twitter today. Now that I know again that it existed, so uh, if you click those links, you will be able to buy all of the things I'm going to be talking about today, for the most part. Um, the next thing I want to talk about before we get to the uh, washing is uh, something important to always have on hand. I don't know what that is. Describe it, please. We're on a podcast with this, video. This is a clear acrylic box that is sealed. I have not opened it until now. Mm-hmm. What this is, because I can't get it open, this is a spare needle. Ah, okay. I have probably three of these on hand at all times because... You know, maybe your kid drops the needle on the plinth of your turntable. Can we can we also discuss that you don't I know that drop the needle is a expression. You shouldn't actually drop your needle. Correct. Please well, don't uh, drop your needle. Yes, I know there's a popular 
Anthony Fantano, the needle drop. Please don't drop your freaking needle, please. Correct. And I will breaking your needle by doing that. I will show you precisely how I do that in a minute. Now, uh, so we talked about the needle. We've talked about the slip mat. Let's next. We're gonna move on to washing your records. Do we want to talk about turntables and speakers at all, or are we going to save that for another time? We'll save that for another time. Let's, okay. We'll move on to washing now, so if I can get my... Do you need me to pause? Yes. All right, you can ask. People know People know we stop and start the video. It's no different to them, but we all just... Right. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. All right. Just for the record, do you see anything funny on the wall? A hockey jersey and a map. Two hockey jerseys and a map. Hang on, I should probably have the microphone near me. You should have the microphone near you. Thank you. It is now. That is my Peoria hockey jersey. Oh, cool. <laughs> is, is, it, is, it especially, is it especially significant or you just put it there because it's funny and relevant to this podcast? Uh, that is one of my favorite jerseys. That is my favorite player of all time, Curtis Sanford, <clears throat> who follows me on Twitter for some stupid reason. Um, he went. He started with my favorite minor league hockey team of all time, the Missouri River Otters, who folded – and he is the only player. He's not the only player to play for both, including uh, New Bruins head coach Jim Montgomery, who played for both the Blues and the Otters. But he's the only one to start with the Otters and work his way up to the Blues. He's one of the statistically insignificant players that went from the United Hockey League into the National Hockey League. So, Interesting. Today is but, uh, Brian Trottier's birthday, and I'm not a big fan, but it's his birthday. Yeah. People care. Oh, and that – Jersey right there, the white one that's right above my head. Uh-huh. That is also a Curtis Sanford game worn jersey. Hmm. But here is the Studebaker wet clean kit. It's got brushes, got little wheels, and a reservoir. I use vinyl style cleaning solution. When you use your wet cleaner, you do not put tap water in it. Is there a way you can angle this down so we can actually see the cleaner? Oh, it may not sorry. be the most flattering angle where we see your junk, Ooh. which I'm very excited about seeing your junk personally. All right. There's a little bit of extra Nick this week. I apologize for that. I was trying to avoid that. Magic Mike podcast edition. Yes. So this is distilled water. Nice. Costs, you know, buck fifty for a gallon here in St. Louis. You pour that in. How much? Are, how many fingers? There is a line in here that goes directly below the wheels. Okay. So what that does... Be very descriptive since some people are listening on a podcast. Yes. Uh, There's a line under the wheels that basically stops right at the bottom. Pour it in like this. How many squirts? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I I just put in a little bit. You don't need a whole lot. Now... I'm going to have to let this air dry because I don't have a towel with me. We discussed towels extensively on the last thing because I had many questions. Correct. You can use towels. You can use air dries. What I'll do is I will just take the record down off there and I'll just put it on there. What would you... What, so where will you put the record to air dry? Like where will you put I'm gonna, it? I'm just going to put it on on the, the stand. I see. Okay. Yeah. The, the back doesn't... That touches the label, so. And that water is not going to drip off and damage anything? Nope. You have an actual record stand there. Look at that, or a book stand. Yeah, that is a, uh, the, well, you can't see it now. Right, but right. This is a uh, 50s 
record stand once 12 inch came out the next to it is a stand that my father-in-law built mm. uh, so basically it's real simple you just go one and you're two. being you're being gentle i see mm-hmm. always hold it on the dead wax three and then one you go backwards two Three. And so the so the grooves are getting wet, not just the edges because of the orientation. Of Correct. That. And the, <clears throat> if you look, you can see the water has gone all the way around, all the way up to the label. Do your labels mm-hmm. get wet or no? They can if you put in too much water. Do they get damaged? No. Okay. Actually, I'm going to put this right here. Nice. So that way it doesn't get drip onto the uh, stereo itself. That's uh, what I was asking. Here's my old school headphones. Worst case scenario, Keefe, he rides again. Yeah, you sound like my wife. That's her jam. That's her jam. Now, I'm going to take you on a tour of my setup. Cool. Do you want to move the cleaner to do this? Yeah, I should probably set it. Down. And do we want to pause the video again so you can reorientate? No, no. I'm just going to go to the back. All right, then. I see. You can narrate. Nice. So what you I'm going may to do... Turn... You may want to turn the microphone that. around so it's facing you. Yep. Uh, give me one second here. All right. So now I have the microphone. Hopefully. All right. Cool. Or not the microphone. I have the camera. So we're going to start off with my stereo system. My stereo is a 1972 receiver. It's a Sherwood S-7100A. It is, you can get one of these for about $125, $150 on eBay. However, the shipping is going to run you 60 or 70 bucks because it's heavy. But I have never heard another setup that sounds as good as this one. There is also a version that is, oops, there is another version that is uh, uh, tube. This is solid state. So I'm going to grab, hopefully you can still hear me. Then here is my turntable. It is a Pioneer PL200, 1975 turntable. Then there is the stylus. You can see my guitar picks here. Carcass, uh, Grave Huffer. Fireball Ministry, and then another one. Uh, there is the platter. I put it back. Or I'm sorry, the slip mat. I put it back. Now here are my speakers. 19. Get a better one over here. Not, these are 1968 Sansui speakers. I was lucky enough to find these at a estate sale. I got them for thirty dollars. So my entire vinyl setup only cost me $30. My father-in-law gifted me the stereo and the turntable. Here is my vinyl wall. Sorry. Don't want to make anybody seasick. Yeah, if you move slower, it'll be less disorientating. That is what I reach into every day. Are these the Calyxes from Ikea? I forget. Yes, these are the Calyxes from Ikea. 
the I've got one that holds 800 records. I paid 125 for that, or you can get one that holds 200. Is that right? One, two, 400. I'm sorry. So I've got an 800 and a 400. Those were the 400 is like I said, 125. Or I'm sorry, the yeah, 400 is about sixty dollars. And the 800 is about $120. And I believe they come in white, black, and some kind of chipboard mahogany. Yeah, I, I went with white because it was all they had at the time. Mm. Uh, but it actually works really well in this room because it's a white room. With no black curtains. No black curtains. Oh. You, and I don't have that on vinyl. That's the one cream record I don't Damn. have. Damn. Um, Missed the pun. No, I, I got the pun. I don't have the record. That's the problem. Uh, that is uh, Wheels of Fire by Cream, which I don't have that one. So that is my setup. That is what I listen to. That is how I do this. Uh, if you could now pause it so I can put this back. This is going good. And we're back. Um, great job, Nick, on that uh, display. Your setup is awesome and making me very jealous, especially your speakers. I wish that I had all through the 80s, 90s, and early aughts before I relocated from the Bronx to Salem, Massachusetts. I had an incredible pair of 70s Kenwood speakers that were flawless. They were so powerful. I had an awesome 80s EQ and a, and a receiver, uh, you know, with a, with a gain boost. And that was through, for my CDs in that time my five CD changer because my house was the party house <clears throat> and I like to party and uh, why do you why do you want the radio on at the same time as the TV because I like to party uh, Cal Norton Jr. reference but um, so I wish that I had those speakers now for the turntable I have now yeah the once I changed to these speakers <clears throat> it completely changed how everything sounded and, you know, for a long time, I wasn't very good at vinyl. And in 2020, when I had a lot more time at home, I started really researching everything to get the most out of it. It's when I started cleaning. It's when I started paying more attention to my needles. I actually had a, a high-end needle that I had changed it to, but I could never get it set up to my... It was a modern needle, and I could never get it set up to my system, so I just stopped messing with it. It was too much of a pain in the butt. It sounded great when it worked, but it didn't always work. It's mixing technology errors. It just didn't, didn't, didn't work. So I want to ask you some questions based on what we saw, and I want you to humor me. These will sound repetitive to the ones we did previously, but I feel like this is a whole new era of YouTube for us, and I want people to get the full meal deal experience. Um, so I'll try to compartmentalize. I think I took better notes last time. I'm not taking notes now, so I'm just going to go off memory. Um, we'll go right back to the platter. So your acrylic slip mat. That goes on and off when you're not playing records. No, it's always on. So that slip mat is on top of your platter. Correct. <clears throat> okay. Same as same as a felt slip mat. Okay. Um, yeah, I think before I knew better, before you educated me, I had my felt on when I wasn't playing records. Because my turntable, the U-Turn Audio, said don't have anything in between the record and the platter. 
and that also has an acrylic platter built in. I don't know if I should buy a platter to go on top of that platter, but no, it seems if, like if it's redundant. if it says that, then leave it there because yeah. you know mine. If 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 I don't know if you saw in the video, but um, if we have to reshoot that, I'll I'll get a better look. You can't put a record directly onto my platter. You've got to have a mat there. Okay, interesting. Now, what people we didn't discuss this. This is one of the things I have learned is the wide assortment of different turntables the main thing and we you discussed this in the past but now i learned this with some more extensive research for when i bought the u-turn which you helped me pick out <clears throat> is the weight of your actual platter matters because you don't you're trying to reduce vibrations you don't want any other things interfering with the play of the record Correct. that is why metal or acrylic are the preferred types of platters there are some other plastic types that are not good because they're too soft they're too soft they're too Correct. not soft to touch they're too weak to have weight to balance the actual turntable right. correctly and on mine my platter is metal but i have a direct drive turntable i don't have a belt driven direct right. drive direct drive is more accurate for speed yeah but can cause noise. My Minus... next turntable is going to probably be the latter and not the former. Mine is very quiet. And then once I put the heavier slip mat on there, it got even quieter. That's and the, the reason way. why acrylic is better than steel for a platter or for a slip mat is because it, it, it's an insulator and not a conductor. You Just by playing a record, you create static. So there, in Pink Floyd records, especially the 180 gram Pink Floyd records, are exceedingly staticky. They have the worst static. I wonder why. So they just do. It, it is what it is. But once you clean them, once you get rid of the static, once you put them in the mylar sleeves, completely fixes it. So, so next, so we did the platter. Now we're going to do a different episode someday on turntables and other components. But I will say you have a unique setup that you have kind of this old school audiophile setup that you, you know, kind of fell into. Part of it is you got the speakers. That's amazing. The gifted turntable and receiver, you know. Do you have a separate gain boost, or is it built into the receiver? Because the gain, the boost, the gain it's, was built in in previous decades, and now most turntables you need an external one. I had to oh, buy an external one. If you have a stereo receiver <clears throat> with a phono input, you do not need anything else. Because the okay. phono input has the phono preamp already embedded. Right. Every single Yeah, time. I said gain boost, but I mean preamp. Sorry, guitar terminologies. I'm, I'm No, I hear you. If it doesn't say phono, you need to buy a preamp. So in my before I got this receiver, I was using a Sony uh, early aughts receiver into the CD jack with a uh, cheapy uh, a cheapy preamp that got the job done, but it doesn't sound anything like this. So, but I mean, the goal with your receiver, the goal with your turntable is to make it sound neutral. You want no coloration. All the color should come from what's inside the grooves. That's why I like solid state, because you get the music as they closer to, as they heard it in the studio when they, when they recorded it. Okay. If you use tube amps, you get that tube sound. It's a different sound. And indeed, indeed. So again, it's kind of like internet connections and computers. No two experiences are alike. Correct. You could, if you really care enough and you had enough money to spend, you could really 
really wear yourself out exploring options and choosing things and being very particular. And I know people, I used to know a kid who would, every time the newest cell phone would come out, he would just change his plan, eat the money, and get a brand new iPhone 5. Yeah, I have no... I have no desire. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You could do the same thing with turntables. Right? Oh, completely. You completely could. Personally, I am happy with this setup. I had originally planned on buying a higher end modern turntable and maybe not the receiver, but I've come to the conclusion that, you know what? I have a setup that sounds really good to me. That works really well for me. And I am a big opponent of planned obsolescence which is the uh, making things not last as long as they used to. My stereo and my, my stereo, my speakers and my turntable are all older than me. And they work 100%. Right. That's I'm not unusual for anything. this day and age. Correct. I'm not changing anything. So Don't, yeah. Um, we're not going to do speakers per se, but if you could, could you, I think we were talking about, I have the Edifier bookshelf speakers for my turntable. Uh, and they're dope. I have a tiny apartment. I live alone m- mostly right now, and uh, they're great just for what I need. Um, but yeah, there you could go again. Headphones, you know, uh, just like headphones, just like mm-hmm. microphones, oh, yeah. just like podcast mics and cameras. Speakers literally could be an endless episode about different kinds of speakers and results. I am old school when it comes mm-hmm. to speakers. I like my speakers to be furniture. I like my speakers to move a lot of air. I don't know if it genuinely makes a difference, but I have always had large speakers and that's all I want. Yeah, I'm I think hoping... I have 12 inch sub 12 inch woofers and right. And mine, I have never actually looked at it. They look legit. I hope in a future iteration of my domicile I'm going to have a music room or a music area or just the music will be part of the living room and I will have legitimate awesome speakers old school speakers and those shelf speakers will go as part of my computer setup that's i am i'm lucky enough to have a a separate spot in my house to listen to music that's that's that's, a gift and that's not even in in where i live in the midwest that's not something that everybody has and i get that you great you already spent some time talking about needles and needle choices and things so we don't have to do that again i think um tum tum Let's talk about other things. Is there any other pieces of hardware you don't have you wish you did? Honestly, no. It's the I my goal <clears throat> is always in my set in any setup I have to have the least moving parts possible. So for me, turntable into receiver into speakers, done. And Because, you know, like we had mentioned before in the past, how many people times have you seen somebody running around a stage trying to get something to work? And the more pieces you have, the harder it becomes. Your giant guitar pedal board leaves more room for error and uh, problems. Um, Let's talk about the we talked you showed the cleaning, which was wonderful. And I'm appreciative. Um. I thought that was a really great breakdown. Like you said, a, any old towel will do to wipe it down or air dry it if you have the room and the place to do it. That It's not going to drip dry onto something else and damage something. I'm just going to go ahead and clean the other record while we're talking. Sure. Because I don't want to waste all the water. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I, um, how, so here's a question. 
How many? So that amount of water in solution cleans how many records? Upwards of fifty. Um, per use. Yeah. Fifty. Yeah, fifty. Like that amount of water and that three drops of whatever solution, you mm-hmm. can clean fifty records. Yeah. You're not kidding. No, fifty. So to do one is kind of a waste. Yeah. Because again, you got to buy the water. You got to buy. I mean, water is a dollar, or dollar fifty, or two dollars. The solution is the thing I would think is not cheap. Solution's like fifteen bucks, but I mean, I mean, the issue isn't buying the water as much as it is carrying the damn water home. How long do you have that bottle of solution, and how many, how many records? So if that little three drops of a bottle of however many ounces is good for fifty records, and you have twelve hundred uh, with your whole family. Could that bottle theoretically do the whole your whole collection? Mm, yes. So that Pause bottle direct. of solution Pause, is please. not like a hot sauce, which I would use out in a few months. That bottle is going to last you like a year. Yeah, I need a quick pause. Pause it up. Yeah, so I, I don't ever clean that many at one time. Of course. You know, um, what's the most you ever cleaned at one time? Here's a good question. 25 when right. I was when I was going through the entire collection. I did that in 2020 when I had time. I would just and also at that same time, I didn't have enough storage space. So that's when I bought the first Calyx, which at my old place, I had a Calyx on another setup. Now it's all Calyxes to keep it uniform. But I so everything that was on the because at that time, I also didn't have everything organized. It was just as I listened. So it was easier to clean everything, clean it, put it in the clean pile, listen to it, and just start move, moving stuff in a circular motion. Okay. I'm a boob and and fairly uh, unsophisticated when it comes to building shit. And you are very ca- handy and capable and things. You say uh, weird things, sir. Well, I mean, you like re- renovating your own house and shit. That's not... No, I have shit. a contractor. Oh, Okay. How hard is it to put together this calyx? I've heard, you know, again, that's the thing that it's I can, not hard at all. It's not hard at all. I mean, it's IKEA, so it's either it's it's IKEA and it's easy IKEA. If you okay. put together any IKEA anything, you can get it put together in like ten minutes. Okay, a lot of Allen wrenches and yeah, I actually got to buy another one, but that's besides the point. Another calyx. Yeah, that's you're for running my... out of room. Yeah, we have... no, I need to buy another calyx just for my father-in-law's records. We decided to keep those separate. Oh, nice, interesting. Um. Could you recommend something not a calyx? Because not everybody has an Ikea near them. And I would say I have read that having Ikea furniture shipped to you, unless they're delivering it with their own delivery people, so getting it shipped by mail is a dicey proposition because their shit is not exactly uh, mail-proof. No. Um, There was another one that I used to use. However, when all the Trump tariffs on China came through, I couldn't get them anymore which is why I switched to, to Calyx. What was great about those, however, is they were expandable. So I bought one that held 100. And then each time you just bought another one, put it together and popped it on top. But you can't get those anymore. So something feel, like... Yeah, I was going to say also, how do you feel about milk crates? Old milk school. crates aren't the right size. They're too small now, but they used to be the right... Uh-huh. You can get like old school milk crates, right. they are the right size. I mean, I I don't like them because it it's more damage on your albums. It's, you know, one of the things we talked about on a YouTube video I saw when I was getting educated on this was in the seventies when vinyl was at its peak, we didn't know how to use the medium. And now we know how to use the medium and that's why it's becoming more and more popular, I believe. And, you know, right now record labels are opening up new plants 
Not that many, but some. Right, but <clears throat> five years ago, there were no American plants. Now there's like six. Yeah, that's better than none. And I'm still hopeful, you know, um, in terms of DIY bands, that's the struggle. If you can't really... There isn't a flexible option where it's where it's uh, financially equitable to do 50. You really need to do 1,000 or 500 or 300. 300 or is the minimum quantity to be able to sell it for any reasonable price. I've seen um, smaller, like the Doom and Stoner Doom labels that I like, like Ripple. They're average limited edition vinyl variants are 300 mm -hmm. and 250. 300 is the, like I said, 300. When I looked at it five or six years ago, looking at helping a friend of mine get one of his records pressed. But when I started doing all the numbers, it's like, wow, this is going to cost me how much money just so I can have a copy of this. Yeah. And because he nuts. didn't think they would sell. Yeah. That's the problem. You have to, you have to believe in yourself. Again, a you band. Move like, them. I'm going to mention a band we've talked about before on the pod Haunt from Fresno, California. They are just visionary when it comes to merch. They are visionary when it comes to everything marketing and everything merch and everything physical media. And I, I marvel at the planning and smarts and, you know, like he's writing a record now to come out two years from now and putting the down payment on the vinyl now for that record. That's the way you do and it. And the new one is out with a bunch of different variants and like it was planned a year and a half ago, two years ago. And uh, he's got pretty good turnaround times because that guy's a frequent customer, so he's got some kind of good connection. Right. Um, let's also talk about the that actual physical vinyl care. So <clears throat> this is this episode. This is I think far better than the other episode. Actually, this is we're covering a lot more ground. I think um, you have discussed. We we are stands for mylar. Uh, that's not the rice paper, and that's not the paper paper. Correct. That's correct. The mylar. Uh, we have a recommended uh, one to buy. I have some coming to me in the mail, finally. New I got ones. a package of them that I got last week. I, I continue to get these. You can get them in uh, 50 or 100. Mm -hmm. uh, they probably come in bigger sizes. Uh, if you can get a wholesaler and you have a record store, you probably can get them at 1,000 a clip because you would need them. Um, as we have said many times, normalize the Mylar, normalize the the mylar in the packaging correct the fireball ministry records came one came with a mylar built into the paper built into the paper sleeve that's the it's off. it is becoming more common however if you're buying a 15 dollar record it's probably not going to be there and also Based just you're buying old, if you're if you're like nick and you're hunting for older original presses and things like that they didn't have them it was all correct. paper and so you want to cut like I'm going to just make an assertion and you say true or false. You want to buy your record, come home from the store, remove the plastic shrink wrap because those shrink over time Correct. and will warp your records. We've discussed this. And pull out your record. And if it's not a mylar sleeve, you want to put it in one that minute. Clean it, then sleeve it. Clean it, then sleeve it. That's the order of operations. Buy, remove the, the shrink wrap, m clean sleeve. Correct. Or if it came in a mylar, back in that mylar. Correct. Um, a pox on people who stack records like this. Don't yeah, do also keep them standing upright, and you don't want to pack them into your storage units. If you if you looked in the, when I gave the tour, you could see that none of my squares are full. 
right? You want some space. They want to be breathing. They don't want to be squished. You will ruin if you the, the if you squish sleeves. them, you will get yeah, you'll get ring wear on the sleeves. Yeah. So you want to be able to move them back and forth. <clears throat> do you get? So let's talk about this. You have bought a lot of used stuff. You have bought a lot of mm-hmm. loved things, well worn, loved and appreciated things. Some people are anal retentive, and if it's not like mint condition, perfect, like a baseball card or a comic book, they flip the fuck out. I have actually cleaned enough records into amazingness that I don't care as much. If you see a, a record that's really scratched up, don't be afraid to touch it because you, you can feel the. If you can't feel the scratch, it's the not scratch that bad. it doesn't mean anything. It's nothing. You might get a little cue burn which is where if you drop the needle in the same spot over and over, stuff like that. But if you can't feel a scratch, it won't make a noise. It's just a surface. It's just cosmetic. And I have, I mean, I've had records that have been pulled out of basements that have been in basements for 10 years. You said that. That as soon as I cleaned them a few times, it got rid of all the crackles. Some, some you can't get rid of all of, like original pressing Led Zeppelin records, you're never going to get the crackles out. Those things Most were, 70s records are going to have some, some snap crackle and pop. I, dis- I disagree. Really? I disagree with that. It's Led Zeppelin is the one that has the most. Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Why? I don't know, but Pink Floyd records, man, Maybe those they things, were overproduced and the production quality was lower? I don't know, but the Pink Floyd records always sound great. People that bought those, listened to them, loved them. The the Led Zeppelin records are just like picked up and tossed off the turntable. Speaking of Pink like Floyd, and apropos of a news item from a previous week, have you already pre-ordered your animal? Yes, I have. Line? You have. Yeah, I, I have. haven't yet because I'm trying to be good, but I'm gonna I'm going to. I, I Next major on, purchase is going to be it. I pre-ordered it on Amazon. They won't charge me till it ships. So. Oh, that's pretty smart. When is it going to ship? September. Oh, then I might be able to do that then. All right. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna. It's Pink Floyd. They're not gonna sell out, right? Like it's no, not limited. Won't. It's the fucking. No, animals. they won't sell out. It'll get cheaper as time goes on. But uh, is there anything else we My need to wrap up? Cause, September. Cause I anyway, I know uh, I can't think of anything. Um, I can't think of anything. Do we miss anything? Is there anything else you think would so. like to I, add? Uh, pretty much the only thing I will say is don't. Uh, if your turntable is automatic, if you can hit the play button, <clears throat> always hit play. Don't ever manually put down the needle if you don't have to. Mine has a, a lever on it that takes the, the stylus up and down. So that way you're dropping it onto your record properly. If you care for these things, clean them, store them properly, they will last forever. They really um, will. And they don't have the problems that CD and cassette tapes have where they're digitized onto something. These are the, the grooves on a record are the physical manifestations of the sound waves to be read by an apparatus. They will sound wonderful forever. Digital is convenient, but it's not the best sounding. Do we say distilled water officially? Yeah, distilled water. Not any other kind of water, distilled Correct. specifically. It takes out all reason? the particles. There's no particles the in particles. it. So, it not Avion, everybody. Not smart Correct. water. These things will damage your records. It's like the reason why some people say let it air dry, don't use a paper towel. It might be being a little bit oversensitive, but also that. Well, I don't think use a paper towel is probably a bad idea. I think we said a towel, a physical cloth. A, a, towel. Yeah, a towel, a terry cloth towel. Yeah, terry cloth. But some people say they get problems with fuzzies. I don't have that problem, so I don't worry. And about that's it. why you get a. We haven't talked about a vinyl brush. That's what your brush is for. 
I don't have a vinyl brush. You know, I thought you did. We have one in I have a, kit. I have, a, I have a stylish brush. Stylus brush. A stylus brush. Okay. Which stylus is brush and vinyl. A vi- do you, you've never used, you don't have one, but we have a recommended one that I pulled. Um, I, I use also, the wet cleaner and that's what works for me. I think there are cleaning kits that are okay. Uh, you can get them. I know st- starter, beginner, people cleaning kits. I think we also have one mm-hmm. on offer. And... Uh, yeah, help it helps uh, the podcast, so help us out. And um, I can't think of anything else. I think this was very extensive and educational. I think we should do these like once a year at this point going forward. But like this is a really essential chaser. I would like to revisit someday and do turntables and do speakers and do components. Oh, yeah. Even if you Happy don't get do new so. ones, we should do those. And, you know, technology does change and, and, and grow and, and adapt, so don't be afraid of it. Uh, just because just cause you can't possibly put together what Nick has put together doesn't mean you can't put together a very Look, reputable, great-sounding system. Oh, yeah. I got lucky, and I've got backups to these in case they break. I have a, a very I have a modern turntable, and I have a 90s receiver that if either one of these things go down, the other one's going in immediately. Yeah, and they both I, and they'll they'll sound and I've heard the turntable. It's a powered turntable. It's my father-in-law's. It sounds great. Does it I, sound better than this one? I don't know. It it sounds good enough that I'm not giving it up though. I I like my U-turn. I think it's got a shelf life of about two more years. I would like to eventually get one with an automatic lever and certain other things. I don't the, like yeah. I don't like the belt system. It's very frustrating for me personally. But the sound of my turntable is awesome. I've been really enjoying it. There's all and, kinds uh, of bits and bobs, and it, it is what yeah. it is. It is what it is. Uh, do you want to take us home, Nicholas? Well, thank you guys for listening very much. Vinyl is a passion of both mine and Keithy's, and hopefully you learned something or were at least entertained. If you have enjoyed this, please like and subscribe, rate and review. Uh, clicking the like button or the subscription button, it's going to come across. It's a nothing burger for you, but it means the world to us. We're small-time creators, and every like, every subscribe helps us immeasurably. So I will say thank you to my co-host, Keefe, for joining me again this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the Glacial Musical Podcast. It doesn't play in Peoria.